You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. It's more digestible for most people. Um, you know, ice cream, a lot of people don't realize, is not only frozen, but it's also cooked. So the, the cream went through two successive stages to make it more available. That's why a lot of people have less problems with ice cream than they would like, just eating something like a dairy product if they have lactose intolerance or whatever. So it's all about the treatment, the cooking, the, the breaking down the protein, and the source, too. You know, if it's coming from Jersey cows, and you have raw milk from Jersey cow, that's worlds apart from, you know, pasteurized milk from just industrial Holstein cattle, you know, which is the industry standard. So those are some other powerful blood tonics. Um, I don't know. I mean, some vegetarians will go as far as cod liver oil, things like that, on top of their vegetarian thing. Uh, emu oil for vitamin K2, etc. Um, but if not, you can probably find that the K2 can come through. Like um, there is, a, it's called vitamin X. It's alpine butter. It's been concentrated and has a concentrated form of um, vitamin K2. Uh, ghee also can have this type of, you know, grass-fed ghee that's bright color. Can also bring about some of this K2. K2 is super important for pretty much everything in the body. Um, it harmonizes all the rest of the vitamins and minerals. And uh, so you have to find it. Or you can copy, borrow from the, the Asian cultures. You know, the Japanese use natto. They ferment it. It's like little, you know, non-genetic um, soy beans that are very small. Um, you know, when they're at a stage where it's not, there's not all this anti-trypsin kind of like, uh, digestive limiting uh, shell around it yet and um, and then they ferment that and it's very sticky it has this like stringy stickiness to it it's very it kind of smells but finding that or even making that yourself uh, would really be one you know weekly practice monthly practice that should be for every vegetarian so these are stuff that no one's really going to tell you some of it like in this exact concentration of it if you have to do these things right, the way I said to do them, because um, if you don't, if you just go buy some, you know, fermented beet juice at the store and it's just all like pasteurized, and, and then you're like, yeah, I did that, it's not going to work. You know, you have to change your life basically and put things into place. For broth, I don't know. For vegetarians, it's tough. There is a vegetarian broth. I know that people have used everything from celery, which has a certain type of cellulose on it, which comes down into the water and can create a type of gelatin. Uh, okra, there's other plants that have this kind of gelatin. So learning to use the beans and, 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 and these other elements to create a kind of a broth, slow-cooked, um, healthy broth um, would be advisable. Uh, you could maybe strain off all the beans and stuff, make some refried beans with the butter and, and, and then, you know, freeze all the broth and use the broth, you know, for different things. But, uh, that would be important because you'd need minerals in a very easy to assimilate form, um, um, which the body appreciates. Um, so that could be interesting. Another power food for vegetarians is learning to make, um, seafood, um, algae tartare which is in France, it's very popular, Ireland too, a lot of like coastal areas, and, um, uh, you know, it's an island, but anyway, um, coastal areas, um, 
you know, cultivate seaweed. And so you take the seaweed and, you know, look up the recipe. I mean, it can be very strong for your thyroid. So depending on where you're at with that, you might have to just dose it right. I've seen people that dose down to like a teaspoon, you know, per day or even less. And, uh, but whatever the dose works for you and then just bringing that into your life. Um, so you mix the seafood, I mean, the algae, the seaweed with, you know, capers and olive oil, pickles, and you know, a couple things. And you make this little, um, you know, tartar and you can use that. You can fr put it in the fridge. It'll last for months, months, months. And, um, so this is a power food for a lot of vegetarians. They, they, they love it in France. I mean, they just crave it. And it's an iodine doser. It's hard to get as much iodine for a lot of people, especially if you're not eating seafood. You know, I would always recommend seafood for almost everyone, but like, you know, as an addition, and you know, not, you know, not frozen shrimp, if you can find fresh shrimp and all these things like lobster, what's in the head of the lobster can change your life. I mean, seriously, in one tasting, you can triple your libido, you know. Um, and so a lot of these elements are missing from the vegetarian. So you have to kind of find a way to recreate this and there has to be discipline and things put in place. It's not really, it's discipline at first, but after once it's put in place, these things become self-evident. So really addressing the anemia, like we said, really addressing the, um, the um, iodine deficiency possibilities, really understanding the need for the butter and the egg yolks. The other power food is what I would use is either do it yourself or go to like Russian stores and buy um, like farmer's cheese. It's usually cottage cheese kind of looking. It's in little, it almost looks like ricotta or something. Sometimes you can find like ricotta, like imported and stuff like that. But the problem is they're so salty and the salt kills off a certain type of bacteria, which is interesting and allows for what I call mechanical detoxification of the body. So the body, just like with clay or whatever, the body uses the, the, the mechanical nature of these cheeses, the, that structure, that kind of like clay-like to slap toxins onto that wall and bring them out. So there's a need for that to not have salt in it because that's going to repel these same toxins. And so um, having these salt-free versions, which is usually only done, I've seen it done every once in a while. You'll see like from Peru or some sort of like, you know, like cheese, like um, I guess I don't know what they would call that. It's kind of like a ricotta, but from Peru or certain other areas where they know to not put the salt in it. And so those can be interesting, but in the Russian stores, you can find it too, or you can make it yourself. Um, and, um, usually in Russian stores, this comes from Latvia. It's always read the labels, you know, don't get the American stuff, you know, if you can, some of the American stuff isn't bad because of what I've learned is the process of creating this type of cheese, this type of ball that, you know, the fat's not in it. And, and then it creates a protein structure. Like some of that process has rooted out a lot of the toxins. The fat's no longer in there. If you get the, the low fat version, you know, or I like the high fat version if it's from the right soils, but if it's from the wrong soils, then the, you know, and the wrong animals that are fed, you know, in a way that creates estrogen laced milk and all this kind of stuff, then yes, you'd get the no fat version and then you'd add your fat to that, you know, so there's a combination or cream you would add to that. So there's all these combinations and learning to understand this stuff. And, um, but if you take it yourself, it's so easy. You just make like, you just take, go find some raw milk, Jersey milk. The best is high iodine raw Jersey milk. And that usually comes from coastal areas, which good luck. I mean, I have them here in Charleston, but good luck. And otherwise, you know, you can kind of, like I said, borrow from the Russian stores and other areas where you can get it.
So you make it yourself or maybe just another raw milk, you know, local raw milk. And so you pour the, you know, just pour all the raw milk, buy like four of them, pour them in a big, you know, casserole and just let them sit for three or four days and until it becomes like jello. And then you just strain it, put it in an organic pillowcase, organic cotton pillowcase, and then just let it strain overnight. And then um, has to be overnight. And then it pulls it all out. Put that into containers and you have this amazing yellowish, whitish, popcorn-y looking um, curds. And then the way you can strain off and put into, um, you can drink throughout the summer when you're thirsty. And so it's a really powerful product. Eaten with honey, raw honey, the best honey you can find, you know. And um, sometimes the more solid honeys are, will retain more of the, the, the active enzymes in them for longer. So that's what I use. But uh, always raw. Like I even go to the Russian shops for the raw honeys. Back, back, Bactrian. No, it's not Bactrian. Bashkirian region, Siberian, monastery honeys, different types of things. But anyway, this is how you can absorb this um, th- this uh, this other needed element into your life. This this kind of like cottage cheese or curds. This is going to be a big even daily kind of, or at least weekly, serotonin, tryptophan, um, white, and, you know, like I was explaining the white and red nature of the body, uh, like the white is this calming kind of parasympathetic, and the red is like this active. So this is, will contribute to that white side that's needed um, um, and help for better sleep and, you know, concentration over time, et cetera, tryptophan. So these are important. All this, what was said here is there's no way to get around what I was telling you to a certain degree. I mean, you can, but as a vegetarian, you know, you have to have some of these things put in place. And this is all based on studies and, you know, I'm just speaking it now, but did a lot of research to get to this point. So anyway, if that can be helpful to vegetarians, then so be it. So thanks.